And bonjour all you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to the August 24th show, Gardening with Cisco, and uh, thanks a lot for tuning in. Now, normally I say uh, where I spoke last week and then tell you where I'm going to go, but first I'm going to introduce my guest today so that he can uh, inter- interject wherever he wants. I think my wife calls it interrupting, <laughs> This is Greg Butler. He's been on the show a number of times, a really good buddy of mine, and is becoming a hummingbird expert here. <laughs> so uh, so we'll talk more. We're going to talk a lot about hummingbirds today. So if you want have a question about hummingbirds, this is the day to ask it. And our number is one 973 cairo one 973 But now I do want to say... Uh, hi to everyone who I spoke to at the Auburn Farmers Market. I think that was last Sunday. It was so fun. Had an enormous crowd, which always makes me so happy. But the, then, after the talk, I went over to the Yakima Fruit and Vegetable Stand. Uh-huh. And that guy is great. I don't know his name. It's a great big guy. Oh, yeah. He's been there a long oh, time. Yeah, he's an institution. He, he sent me home with so much fruit and veggies oh. from Yakima uh, that uh, it was just fantastic. And I always like seeing him anyway. And uh, so you grew up in Yakima. Well, to the extent that I've grown up, yes, I suppose so. <laughs> yeah, that probably was a misstatement there. but <laughs> So, uh, boy, they do grow great veggies oh. and fruit over there. Fabulous farmland. Just add water. They didn't have much of that going on until they got that irrigation system built. But, boy, you get a little water in that soil and stuff just leaps out of it. Boy, growing ornamentals, you got to be a little careful what you put in the ground. It's the wind there. That's the tough part. A little bit hot in the summer, a little bit cold little in the winter, too. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's true, That's why too. I eventually ended up over here. It's a little more moderate. <laughs> it's a wise decision, I think, even though I yeah. love Yakima. It's a great place to be from. <laughs> Uh, hey, so I want to let everybody know, I'm today I'm going to be at Arts in the Garden at uh, 2 o'clock. That's over at the Bellevue Botanical Garden. Perfect day to walk through a garden, seeing beautiful artwork all through, all garden art, handmade. And, uh, you know, uh, at the same time, I'm going to be giving a tour talking about the plants, telling people how to grow them. I'm going to give away a Gardening with Cisco t-shirt no. and a book, but I got some tough questions planned for you. They're always so difficult. <laughs> I don't know why I've never stumped anyone. Well, that's because you give three uh, three tries on the three-part question. <laughs> that could two have, tries on true or false is not going to get some, you many. Yeah, three tries on true or false, you're pretty much guaranteed <laughs> to get it if that's the case. All right. And uh, so anyway, that's a lot of fun. I hope you'll come. And uh, they keep the pub open till five pub. now. So I'll try to end this tour at a reasonable time because at least a couple of my friends that go on garden tours around the world are coming with me. And I, I saw a couple of friends that uh, come on a lot of garden tours with me yesterday, uh, Rick and Jana, and they came over to meet little Leo, my puppy, I bet it's not little Leo anymore, is well, he? Well, he's still smaller than Izzy, but he's really? almost cotter. He's I, got I, big paws. If he's he goes into those paws. feet, you're going to be in trouble. But. He's still got this teeny head, huh. and his body's getting bigger and bigger. Did <laughs> you get him in Yakima? <laughs> you got like, him in Yakima, didn't yeah, you? Uh, he did come from Yakima. All my puppies have oh, come from right, Yakima. That's right, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, but they bought uh, a dragonfly, glass dragonfly. Uh-huh. That's from Katie... La 
LaRue. She has the best glass bugs. I just love those. What you should do is give tips on how to sneak one more piece of art into your garden. That's what you're really an expert <laughs> that at. That might you know? be a question I'll ask today. Because <laughs> uh, Mary didn't notice that I put $80 cash in my wallet uh, before I left today. <laughs> I hope you've got a comfortable couch, mister. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I may need it. I I should build a real one of those really good dog houses out yeah, the back. There you go. That would help a lot. So so I hope a lot of you come to the BBG at two PM. The gardens are fantastic. And I'll be leading the tour all through the gardens. We'll meet the artists. It's a lot of fun. And uh tomorrow I'm gonna be very chic. Oh yes. Yeah. I'm going down to the Chehalis uh Garlic Festival. Ah. Oh, la, la. I'll tell you what. You just walk into that thing. It's in the Southwest Fairgrounds down there. You just walk through the gate. You're going to smell like a, a clove of garlic for like a week. Well, it's almost fall. The cold and vampire season will soon be upon us. So you probably help. want to hoard all the garlic you can. <laughs> That'll help a lot. It's too bad I can't go there uh, today because then maybe Mary wouldn't catch me when I get home with my artwork. Uh, I'm sure she could smell the fear on you by now, even through the garlic. <laughs> so uh, I'm really excited about both of these. And uh, I'll be uh, giving a talk about my favorite plants. I've got some I'm going to give away. And, of course, I... Gardening with Cisco T-shirt that'll smell like garlic for the rest Absolutely. of time, and because uh, a lot of people have me sign them and then they don't wash them. Too bad you can't get them man- manufactured that way. <laughs> little garlic scent right in the in that the would, cotton. That would be good. And I'll give away one of my books. And I do want to remind you that my new book is coming out. Uh, I was going to ask January twenty first, just in time for the garden show. Yeah, they is did that, that on cool purpose. Or didn't what? They? Yeah. yeah, good marketing. Man. I already know I'm going to be heading over to Spokane to do a book signing over there. A lot of fun stuff. Excellent. I can't wait. Oh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, that's been decades in the making. Oh, jeez. So decades is right. Still two books ahead of me, though, so I guess I shouldn't give you too hard of a time. Boy, I'll tell you, they got on my case, though, this time. There wasn't any more to sitting around. Once I signed the contract, it was like I got an email every week. It seemed like, well, how far are you on this? I can't even get a blog article put together twice a year. You know, I love having written, but I don't like writing. Oh know? boy, I'll tell you, it is tough. It's tough. Uh, you got to put the hinder on the chair, and that's, that's true. what I you hate. Park you know? it and hit the keyboard. Well, listen, let's let's talk a little bit about hummingbirds, because isn't aren't we lucky? The only two continents in the world with hummingbirds here in South America. They found fossils, I guess, 30 million years old in Europe, in France, and Germany. Really? So they had them over there at one point, probably oh, before boy. the continents divorced, you know. But uh, <laughs> but nothing over there now. It's just us. I have all my friends from Africa, from Asia, from Europe. They're all so jealous. Oh, I guess when the first explorers got here from uh, Europe... They thought they were like a cross between a bee and a bird. They could not figure out what they were. They're so strange. <laughs> I believe it. I do believe that. That's incredible. Yeah. So they're they're so fun, and uh, the two that we now you're giving some uh, hummingbird talks at Swanson. Uh, you're yeah, like I'm, the hummingbird kid over there. I Can't believe how popular this talk you've, has become. This I should have done this a long time ago. You've given yeah. five now. I think or it'll this, be five by as of next week. Yeah. Geez, so those filled up, but they're going to do another one. They just. Posted it uh, last night, so on September 8th will be the next open uh, 
seminar that has open spots. Holy cats! And then you're doing it at the Flower and Garden Show. Yeah, I just found that out yesterday. Uh, what what time are you on? Do you know? Three o'clock on Sunday. Oh, good. I'm glad you're not on Saturday at four thirty on Saturday. No, We're doing I Jeopardy, and I don't want you and me then. to have to compete. So. No, no, I don't want to have to compete with you. <laughs> the crowds get a little bit sparse then at my show. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, so uh, listen, I think we'll go ahead and take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to start talking uh, hummingbirds. But we do have a question, so we'll answer that quick for Gina. So, Gina, we'll put you on 97.3 Cairo FM when we come back right after this. Hey, we're back. All right. All right, Greg. Get those earphones on, buddy. Because uh, we're going to talk. <laughs> there we go. Outsmarted by an inanimate object again. My toaster got me this morning, and now the earphones are getting me. <laughs> so we're going to Kent to talk to Gina. Hey, Gina, what's going on in Kent? Oh, beautiful sunshine, just gorgeous weather, Cisco. Oh, it is beautiful. My question has to do with our very run-of-the-mill blue hydrangea. This year I noticed that the stems... Um, kind of, they seem weak. They tend to bend uh, because the flower, the mop flower, the flower cluster gets big. Yeah. So can can I prune it? How much can I prune it in order to strengthen the branches or what else? This is really an interesting question because the... Okay, you know that most ammoni bloom on last year's growth, so you can't cut down below that and get blooms. And then the problem is, if you cut down to the lowest one to make it stronger, the lowest bud on last year's growth, you get one flower the size of a basketball right. on a week on a weak stem too. Yeah, right? oh, they yeah. grow so fast when they come back. So you know? sometimes I recommend chopping the whole dang thing down pretty low and let. And then thinning it out a bit and letting it grow back, and sometimes I've seen that strengthen it a bit, you know. So it's a okay, it's a lousy define, solution. Define pretty low. Pretty low would be two thirds at least, maybe six inches from the ground, and don't expect okay. to see flowers for at least a year. <laughs> I don't know how else oh, to get. Okay. I don't know how else to get a stronger branch on that. Well, it's you know philosophically, there's worse things in the world than having huge flowers on your plants. That is you know? true. So that is true. Celebrate your victory, I guess, is what I would say. <laughs> if you let them grow taller, then you get to look up. At the How many people call your show and complain their hydrangeas don't bloom at all? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I, so you know, but it might help not to cut very far down that branch because you'll get more flowers. Theoretically, they won't be as big, and then. Uh, so if you don't want to cut it way down, which I'm not even sure that would work, you're going to get a whole bunch of uh, new, lot of new growth, spidery growth. Yeah, yeah. So you have to thin that out too. Yeah, aren't you supposed to prune those like a third? That's from the I base do. every year. Yeah. Now Nita Joe was on the show. She was like, going, I don't think that's a good way nope, to do it. I don't want to cross but, Nita Joe." But I track that statement. I think it's the best way to prune them. I take out a third of the branches in February, late February or early March. I cut a third of the tallest, oldest branches right to the ground or where they come off another one, and you get this 
open, elegant, beautiful shrub, but every flower is twice as big. (laughs) So sometimes mine hang down too. Do that in March? Is that what you said? Uh, early early uh, March or late February, right when you see those buds swell up. Okay. It makes the plant look so much prettier. It's unbelievable. And you do get way bigger flowers, but but then you still got to prune down from the top to get rid of the old spent flowers and everything. And I only cut one or two buds down, and so that... That makes the flowers a little smaller, and so your chances of them standing up are better. Okay. Yeah, I wish I, I had a better... on next spring, how it goes. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, listen, I hope that goes good for you. And Hey, let me know how that works for you. Hey, by the way, I will tell you, there are dwarf rhododendrons out there that are pretty darn cool, and uh, they... They tend to have smaller flowers. Pia is one, but I just got uh, Miss Sayori. Hydrangeas. You said rhododendron. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I meant uh, hydrangeas. Miss, Miss Sayori has reddish foliage, a big red tint, and these pink and white flowers. I don't usually grow anything pink. These flowers are so beautiful. I don't care if it's next to orange. I'm growing it. <laughs> The hydrangea, the serrata hydrangeas, the mountain hydrangeas, those They're are really smaller. good, too. The flowers are a little more dainty, too. They're not yeah. so heavy and huge as the, yep. the macro. So that's always a thought. You know, I know you love those old those old blue hydrangeas, though, are gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Man. What's the name of the red one you mentioned? Uh, that's Miss Sayori, Sayori. And I bought mine at Swanson's Nursery. There you go. So uh, that's the only place I've seen them. Oh, I love that sucker. There's another good one called Benny, but I haven't found that anywhere, so I don't know where you get that. All right, Gina. Hey, thanks so much. Good luck. Keep me posted. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. All right. Okay, we better talk hummingbirds here for a minute. Fire away. So uh, we we typically have two hummingbirds. So we've got the, the... Anna's, which is that big green one. Boy, has it got a red gorget and a red head, huh? It does. They look uh, very showy. Very showy. The minimum they they talk is bling on the wing. Bling on the wing, that's perfect. They actually look like they're wearing jewelry. They do. And that female only has one red spot on her throat. But, boy, they're they're even pretty beautiful. And then we also have a rufus. And I still have a rufus in my garden. They're usually gone by this time huh, of year. That's interesting. That's what the literature says. Of course, hummingbirds probably don't read very well. I hope I hope it has the brains to leave if we yeah. have a winter like last winter. And everything that I've read says, you know, they're smarter than we are, so they know when to leave, so don't worry about that's it. But, yeah, I've it's read. pretty late in the year. It's just a little – well, the, all rufus are smaller than the annas. Yeah. I think this might be a yearling that quite hasn't hasn't quite got the uh, calendar got figured the out yet. Yeah. The rufus, so we'll they're uh, they're smaller, but they're tougher. Oh, and just frenetic. They wander around the garden like you at a plant sale. Oh know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And you put two feeders where they can see both of them. You're going to wear that guy out. He's oh, going to yeah, be trying yeah. to beat up everybody. Both feeders are his and only his. You know. True. True. They're very <laughs> territorial. Hey, so 
I had a call last week. A guy said he thinks he saw a calliope. Oh, oh I heard that call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is very unusual because they mostly stay in the mountains along with the black-chinned or on the eastern side of the mountains yeah. along with the black-chinned hummingbirds. So. And I goofed. I said it had a blue, uh, what do you call that? Gorget. Gorget. But they don't. They have a gorget that's red. It looks like a tree trunk. It's got roots on the bottom, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. They can actually flare that, you know, like a, oh, like a sage grouse. Wow. When they're trying to impress the ladies or defend their territory, they'll just fluff themselves up. Well, over the years, I bet you I've gotten five or six emails from people swearing that they have seen the calliope. Oh, yeah. You go, you so it must come over now and then. GPS issue there, I think. <laughs> It hurts the bugs are better on our side and about, <laughs> you know, so. All right, listen, we're going to talk more hummingbirds. We do have a call, though, so when we come back, Caitlin, we're going to put you on 97.3 Cairo FM, so hang on. News is next. Okay, hey, my guest is Greg Butler. I always love having Greg on the show, and I can see why all your hummingbird talks are filling up quadruple. Jeez. Five you've given, they've all sold out. Well, it only holds 50 people, so let's not get too full of myself. That's my job. How much does it cost to come It's also actually free. So and that, that's uh, why! Makes it a little more egalitarian. <laughs> Definitely affordable. And it's worth every penny you pay, by the way. Hey, I believe it. I do. Hey, uh, Caitlin in Seattle, welcome to Garden with Cisco. Thanks for calling. Hi, friend. I have a question. Okay. If you're not done talking about hydrangeas yet. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> so I have the opposite problem as that woman where mine don't have any color. Are they white? And so I thought you meant they were clear. I have I have a couple different varieties. Like I have one of the I have two of those cone trees, which are beautiful, and those are doing great. They're white. I've got some pistachios that look beautiful, but the flat flowered blue ones, they almost are like gray. Oh yeah, I know why. It's and so do at tell. this point, <laughs> I feel like especially after last year with all the smoke, kind of the same thing happened, but I contributed it to the smoke. Because you know, this time last year it would be like ninety degrees but you couldn't go outside. No, it's not so, the smoke. What it is is that despite the fact that our soil is typically acid in Western Washington, your soil is a bit alkaline, or it may be more like neutral pH, or uh, there's no aluminum in your soil. And one or the other, because it's aluminum in the soil picked up by the hydrangea that turns them blue. And if there's, so if if the soil gets too alkaline, it's a chemical thing, the hydrangea can't uh, pick up the aluminum. It's you know it's they can only so at pick point, up. Should a, I just prune it back for next year and just like like because I mean the whole thing is amazing and like there's all these blooms on it but they're gray. No, so no, is it too you, late to you try don't want to color in it. No, you could change the color, but it takes a couple of years. You got to get blueing stuff. It's aluminum sulfate. And you buy it at the nursery. And and uh, I put I put it in my watering can, and it's it's kind of this granular thing. But you mix it up good in the watering can and water the plant. It says how much you got to add for size of plant, 
And uh, you put this, you, I would start right away, I'd start doing it. So I'd go to nursery, buy this bluing stuff, and uh, it's, I can't remember what they call it. Mix it according to the directions. It's aluminum sulfate, okay. though. And then do it as often as it tells you to do it. And you'll see it'll be bluer next spring when it blooms next summer. It'll be bluer. Okay. You do this again next year. You might, by the end of next year, what this will do, it'll acidify the soil quite a bit, but it'll also add a ton of aluminum. And uh, you wait till next year, uh, I think, not this spring, the following year, you're going to get nice blue hydrangeas. And do I just prune it normally? Then this fall, don't like do any special pruning to no, like cut it back. Just, just like- yeah, the way you'd normally prune it because you're getting a million flowers. You're doing great. Then if if it were me, I'd do what I do and do that. Cut a third of the limbs out. A court, you know, a third of the old branches out right to the ground or where they come off another one as symmetrically as you can. And uh, and that'll just make it more attractive. It'll make your flowers bigger. And then uh, you keep using this. You got to keep using the bluing and you'll get bluer and bluer and bluer as you do that until it'll just be spectacular, intense blue. Okay. Well, then that's, that's what we'll do. Yeah, and if this do, if it. if this doesn't work in three years, tell everybody uh-huh. Ed Hume gave you this advice. <laughs> Ed's a really Wait, good no buddy of mine. Problem. I like giving him a hard time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think don't worry. I think it'll work. It's worked for me every time. But you got to stick with it. You got to make sure every month you give them the bluing, and uh, it takes it'll take two years for it to work. Okay. Very good. I appreciate it. Thanks, friends. Hey, thanks a lot, Caitlin. Thanks for the call. Bye-bye. All right. So, uh, hummingbirds are amazing. Have you ever had a nest in your garden yet? Yeah, we have. Yeah. God, that's so tiny. You really got to be careful when you're pruning, speaking you, of pruning, because you can easy to knock them over or accidentally prune without the branch that it's on. So, so. Yeah. So, they seem to like a spot that's not in the wind. Not in full sun and not in the rain. I did not know that. Uh, yeah, so I've seen them a lot on uh, the sides of garages under eaves. Oh, yeah. Actually, I have heard, you know, sometimes they'll uh, find a plant with really large leaves, like a big like maple, and they'll intentionally build their nest underneath the leaves, like it acts as an umbrella or a sunshade or rain bonnet. Yeah, that's kind of nice. And uh, so uh, the other thing I've loved seeing is when they do the mating dance. Now, that is pretty spectacular. I've actually seen your impersonation of that. That, that is a real showstopper. <laughs> you could just go on the road and do that, probably, if this gardening thing doesn't work out for you. Maybe me. I'll do it at the garlic festival, you know, but uh, it is pretty amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they reach speeds of 60 miles an hour when they're heading straight up about 120 feet. Yes, indeed. Man, then when they come down, they, they I've seen them miss the patio by like an eighth inch. They'll actually oh, pull out God. of that and come right up because they do the same dance sometimes when they're defending their territory and they'll just come up hover right, hover right in front of your face and kind of bounce back and forth. Too, yeah, like. you feel the wind. Yeah. yeah that yeah. is amazing. I actually read that their winds beat so fast. You know, people think they use their beaks to pollinate and they do, but the actual force of their wind can also, uh, the wind from their wings can drive uh, the pollen around inside a flower oh, and help pollinate that. Oh, that's interesting to learn that. They are amazing. They are amazing. They're such incredible. And you sent me that 
that thing about that farmer. Yeah, yeah. Where was that? Uh, I think it was in Miss. Missouri or Mississippi, I can't remember, but he's using them to control spotted wing Drosophila on his berry crops. He put, what, I think it was 25 hummingbird feeders per acre. He has a full-time employee that works six days a week doing nothing but cleaning and refilling wow. feeders. And he said between the hummingbirds and the beneficial insects, uh, he hasn't had to spray for, for SWD, which is, uh, if you it's don't know. It's a fruit fly. Yeah, that's just wiping out berry crops. Because uh, it's the first fruit fly that ever attacks berries after the before, before they're, they're ripe, ripe. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 so that's a real problem asia an asian import thanks asia <laughs> so i watch uh, hummingbirds all the time in my garden and uh sometimes you'll see them hovering in front of a spider web oh yeah, yeah and they're yeah. waiting for a bug to get caught they zoom in because they they typically feed their kids Hummingbirds, because they're so much higher in nectar, uh, higher in protein. Insects, they feed their good insects. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, especially when they're nesting, half of their diet can be insects. And I read that a mama hummingbird, uh, when she's nesting, can consume two thousand insects. A Holy day. cats! Yeah, so that's outstanding. You know, so that's, here that's we've good got pest control. That is great pest control. So, you know, here's something that a lot of people ask me about. They say that about. I don't know, midsummer, I can't remember if it's early June, they all leave their gardens and they're gone for about two weeks or something and then they come back. Huh, haven't heard that one either. Well, I did some research on this and I find out a lot of times they're going to see if there's better chow. Oh, right, right. Somebody else for other garden. territory. Yeah, yeah. So if yeah. you got a great garden full of a lot of variety of plants, then you got a good chance they'll come back, right. but otherwise, or you'll somebody attract a different else, one. Yeah, yeah. You know, somebody else is going to have a better garden. So I have three annas that never leave my garden year round. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. But I think it's because I have so many plants that bloom in the winter time. Right. That's how my talk is set up. You know, I divided it into the four seasons roughly, and uh, and really focused when I was building my hummingbird garden on winter. Uh, for the annas, because there's not a lot of things blooming then. So if you can kind of focus on that, then you'll have them all year long. Summer and spring are pretty easy. Fall yeah. and winter, you know, it's harder to find food sources for them. It is. And I'm way too lazy to put up a feeder and not dependable enough. You know. Me too. Well, and you travel too, so it's I hard travel, for you to. Yeah. Uh, and and I have read that if in freezing weather, if you put up a hummingbird feeder and the hummingbirds depended on that, right? That uh, and it freezes or it goes empty, a hummingbird can freeze to death in one half hour. Wow. So that's, you know, that's something I like to remind people. They got those heated hummingbird feeders now. Oh, yeah, yeah. A guy from uh, down in um, uh, Oregon. So uh, those hummingbird feeders, the first ones had to be under an eave. They couldn't take the weather. The new ones can be out in the open. Cool. You have to have a plug-in, though. Well, yeah. That's the only bad part. All right, listen, we have a call. It's from Port Orchard, but I think we'll go for a break first, and then we'll come back. And uh, he wants to know about plants that help hummingbirds in the winter, so we'll have a lot hey, of fun talking us. about that. Excellent. All right, right back, 97.3 Cairo FM. Hey, all right, we're back, and we got Tim from Port Orchard on the line right now, so... Hey, Tim, what's happening in Port Orchard? Well, there's some nice sunshine going on. Hey, Perfect nice. gardening weather. Oh, great. Cool. 
say, I was hoping you guys could uh, recommend a couple of uh, attractive plants that would uh, maybe do well in containers in a limited light situation um, for winter hummingbird feeding. Okay, well, this is uh, that's more challenging. That's a specific request, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm trying to think because uh, a lot of my well, one you could do for sure would be uh, the um, oh, what the heck is the name of that thing? It's uh, uh, Daphneodora. There you go. Daphneodora grows great in a container. It's not going to bloom probably until you know uh, February. But then, boy, the hummingbirds are all over that. And the interesting thing is that you think, you know, it's one of the most fragrant plants on earth. You think, oh, the hummingbirds are coming because of the fragrance. They can't smell. Yep. But they know how to find that nectar. And how about oh, yeah. sarcococca? Sarcococca would be a great choice. Pieris might be all right. They'll oh, come yeah, to that Pieris. in the winter. Yep. Um, hey, sarcococca, just to tell you about it, it's dark green, but it has the most fragrant flowers. And I... Oh. I would probably go with Ruscafolia, one of those taller growing ones. So that's Sarcococca, S-A-R-C-O-C-O-C-C-A. I'm glad you did that. Uh, well, I've got it right in front of me. That was very helpful. <laughs> but Sarcococca is a great uh, one. And that blooms earlier. A lot of times around Christmas, mine start to get fragrant yeah. at my house. Yep. So, now, is uh, that a ground cover? Well, uh, kind of. There yeah. is one that is. It's, yeah, uh, it's a taller good. So that uh, the one Cisco recommended gets about four feet. There's a shorter version that only gets about two feet. Yeah, that's Hookeriana humulus. That one stays low. It's really drought tolerant. It's a great plant if you if you got and it and neither especially the sarcococca it doesn't want any sun at all. Wants shade. Right. Oh, perfect. Yeah, and that's dark green. It's pretty, but uh, we got to think earlier on here. We got to get some. I, I don't know that there are yeah. some small Mahonias, Oregon grapes, that uh, these are uh, Oregon grapes from Asia, and they're hybrids. And uh, so I I think I'm trying to think of the name of some of those ones that stay I think Winter Sun's about a four Winter or five sun footer. Is a good one. And uh, these bloom with big yellow flowers in the winter. Hummingbirds can't resist. Yeah, it's a mainstay of my winter hummingbird garden. Hey, do you think you could grow a Grevillea? Not Victoria. It gets so big. I don't think you could grow one in a pot. You'd have to have a huge pot. But what about uh, Canberra gem? Maybe it's a little bit tender in a pot, so you might have to protect it if it gets really cold. But, boy, they sure are hummingbird magnets. Ooh, no about that. So these are from yeah. Australia. It's called Grevillea. And Canberra Gem is one I've got. Mary's got another one. It's like uh, Rosemarifolius or something. These can be not that hardy. And you'd want to grow them practically in uh, cactus soil. Yeah, sand or something. Yeah. <laughs> but, boy, they attract the hummingbirds, and they bloom all winter long without stopping. So great. So those are good. That one's probably going to want sun, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's got to have full sun. But, hey, uh, also, because you got mainly shade then, or? Yeah. Well, I got one for you. I just saw it. I just saw it on Plant the Lights. I was looking through their catalog this morning, Plant the Lights oh, Nursery. I'm well, of, well familiar with their website. Yeah. They've got a new <laughs> hamamelis. Ah. that's variegated. Oh, my God. And it only gets 120 inches tall. Wow, that's uh, that's ten, 10 feet. feet. Yeah, <laughs> but 
If you got a big pot, that could take quite a bit of shade. Ooh, that would be beautiful. And they bloom on bare stems in the winter. Hummingbirds are all over those centers. Oh. So how do, how do you what how do you spell that? I spell it witch hazel. Yeah, that's much better. <laughs> witch hazel, okay. yes. Okay. Hey, there's oh, a lot of witch okay. hazels. I got you. And we grew them in pots at Seattle U, but they were big pots. But you'd be able to keep it in sure, there for sure. five or six years easy, and then you might have to pull it out, tear up the roots a bit, and put it back in or something. Bonsai that bad boy. Yeah, bonsai it. But those, they bloom like mad. You know, the only time my witch hazels don't bloom, they're in pretty deep shade. But if I don't water them in the summer and the leaves get brown and crinkly, they don't put out any blooms at that winter. Yeah, they need water. Yeah, so if you give them a little water in a pot, you know, I think you could grow that. And, um, okay, let's see, what what are we forgetting? Uh, well, Arbutus will actually do pretty good in the shade. Arbutus nido, yeah, uh, strawberry tree. Great and, plant. Uh, and they the love compacta. that, too. Yeah. Get the compacta, because... Uh, Otherwise, it'll be 35 feet tall. It's kind of hard to grow one of those in a pot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You need a big pot. There's a new one called Red something, Red Elf. Oh, I, I can't oh, remember. Oh, it stay small? Well, it's supposed to stay six feet, but you know how that goes, too. So. But they're very prunable, too. And like you said, with the Hemimalus, you know, four or five years, you either find a, a home for it or move yeah. on and yeah. cut, cut your losses and and uh, get something else. You know, a plant, start over. I don't know if they've na- changed their name. It's kaffir lily. They used to call it shisostelis. Yeah, yeah. That plant uh, just blooms its little heart out from about right now till after New Year's. If we don't get a freeze, it might go all winter long, yeah. blooming away. But one freeze, that's the end of that one right. for the year. It'll be back next year. We called that the lady of the night plant. Because it came up in every bed at Seattle University I after I planted it. A little it. promiscuous. Also. Yes, it's a promiscuous plant, but it's it's actually pretty attractive. It's got pretty flowers, and you could grow that in a pot. Oh, that might need a little more sun. I didn't think of that. Yeah. But you could try it in the brightest spot you got sure. and just see how it does. If it's does. in a pot, you can move it to the sun. That's true. Move it back. You're probably looking for more to do, so you can move yeah, the plants yeah. around in your garden. It's yeah, going to keep you nice and busy. Yeah. <laughs> But that gives you a pretty good list of plants. I'll give you one other uh, hint here. Go to Cisco.com, C-I-S-C-O-E.com, then hit the gardening button. And uh, when you get in there, you'll see topics. And hit topics, and you can go to uh, uh, Hummingbird Madness, which is a talk that I gave at the Flower and Garden Show and a bunch of other times. And about the last eight that I mentioned uh, in that talk are all hum, uh, hummingbird plants for winter. Uh-oh. Hey, we have to go. Thanks a lot for calling. Thank Good you. luck, Tim. Hey, Greg, thanks for coming out, buddy. Come see me at Swanson's Nursery on September 8th. Okay, everybody. See you next week. Bye.